Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. It's a tricky territory yet again because we're dealing with the realms of shamanic reality, okay? And there's different levels of that. A lot of people like the idea of Aya because they want to be cool. They want to go and have a trippy experience and feel like they can like show it on Instagram and tell everybody about how cool they are because they, they did something really interesting and, and trippy. Um, but it doesn't necessarily matter in some sense because part of the, like if they do it correctly, then part of the process of actually doing the training is that that hopefully will be slightly like bashed out of them or, or they might even like get that out of them to a degree if they have yet again a correct context as part of what I was just talking about if they have like a healthy model or worldview and they have some support and mentors able to, to like really tell them what to do or force them to do anything but to create a container where they can kind of start to see the falsehood or the ignorance or the kind of blindness of their approach to their own spiritual practice which is actually limiting from the reality of what they can actually get out of it um, so we got to be aware that there is we live in a culture that is very like uh, significance orientated and it's very like me 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 see me notice me tell me I'm good like it's very much like you know I did some things see I've, I've achieved something or I, I want to have this kind of sense of identity as a result of my extremeness or my weirdness or this or that it has an effect on the context of what we're talking about and that will have a consideration to what I'm just quickly going to say if you sort of zoom out that we'll put that on the shelf and we'll come back to that we zoom out of that and you think about it in terms of you have Another context, so you actually have this thing called ayahuasca, which yet again, let's put it into its real home, which is it's an Amazonian, uh, which is part of an Amazonian shamanic tradition. So that's its actual reality. That's where it came from. Those dudes created it. That's how it was programmed. That's like what it's there for. Um, it wasn't synthetically produced in China in a factory. You know, it's, it doesn't it doesn't come from you know aliens or whatever. It's it is a just it's a plant or a plant co cocktail that comes from the jungle that has been cultivated inside of an indigenous context of relationship with nature. Now, you have to also understand that the, that the primary context of that work is what you call, you know, it's the vegetable world. It's the vegetative world. It's the world of the plants. It's the world of the elements. It's the world of the earth. It's the world of the, the, the turmoil and the, and the, and the, you know, the emergence and the kind of the primordial soup. Yeah. The compost heap of, of it's like, that's what it is. It's like a really rich, like the jungle is like a compost heap. It's got, it's like, it's, you know, life things and things wanting to grow out and fresh. And it's got this, you know, wormy kind of underworld of all this stuff. So that's where ayahuasca comes from. The culture that the cultures that are embedded in that reality are, are power cultures to a degree. Because to survive in the jungle, you have to be strong. You have to be powerful. You have to be capable. Uh, and uh, again, there's no forgiveness for weakness or vulnerability. I mean, you just something just eats you because you're tasty and you're available. So, um, and that that goes on multiple levels. So you could sort of say that somehow through you know the process of the genius of humanity, which blows my mind in terms of maybe there is interdimensional kind of influence, but whatever, people worked out through their relationship with reality that they could make this substance that would activate them. And obviously there's been figures that have, that have been facilitated. So teachers and in the correct context, and this is yet again, I guess the best way to understand, find a good teacher and find your way in all this is educate yourself about what shaman is actually know what you're doing. Don't go in there. Like it's going to be a fucking cool dance party and somebody's going to just wave a fucking magic wand over your head and you're going to get what you want out of it. Actually start to understand the core nature and concept of what is shamanism? Where does it come from? What's its purpose? Who are you in this context of this landscape? Otherwise, you're just going to be like this wandering blind retard that walks into this like strange land 
full of like predatory and also friendly forces that might might give you a nice time or might sort of swish you around in the washing machine or swallow parts of you and not give them back. So that's a complex reality. And then you've got like, you'd again, think about the practitioners. So think about the shamans, the people who evolve themselves in that natural context with ayahuasca being one plant. Yet again, it's a huge school. Uh, then uh, they become practitioners of this kind of this way of communicating with and building relationships with the natural order of plants. And let's say a healthy, positive healing based shaman, which is called a curandero or a cura, uh, they, they have, let's say, um, immunity supportive, life supportive role. Their job is to play the role of the doctor. They're, they're playing a, a natural doctor. And they're also the kind of like the receptionist for the doctor. So they sit there and they, they start singing. And oftentimes what they're doing when they're singing is they're calling up the doctor. So like, hey, we need, a, we need a heart specialist in the room now. We've got a bunch of broken hearts and we need some help to kind of clean up this mess. It's a heavy interdimensional mess. Uh, so, you know, bring the big guns in. Thanks very much. And they're whatever they do. So that's kind of what they're doing. And a, an, a, an actual trained curandero has been through the discipline and the sacrifice and the transmission to actually get the embodiment of the right to do that. They have the calling card. They have earned the right to do that. So if you have some cowboy who's been watching YouTube videos and listening to fucking Joe Rogan or Aubrey Marcus about how cool it is to fucking, you know, jack off while you're doing ayahuasca or something, or, or, you know, think it's cool to like, just go to Burning Man and give a big ayahuasca ceremony to everybody while you're fucking, you know, chant alien chants or whatever. Um, then you're doing it outside of the original context of, of, of what it's doing. And you're opening up the possibility of just calling random numbers of all kinds of shit and going like, hey, random weirdness, can you just like download it's yourself like, into the space? Okay. Yeah. And, and inside the domain of that, you know, because the other thing you've got to be aware of, which is a whole nother, you know, this is a big context we're talking about. When you, when you activate your nervous system, and AWOSH is only one way to do this, when you activate your nervous system in the way where you start accessing multidimensional nature, then you start going into like these kind of crossovers where there's other different levels of consciousness and reality can start to interplay and affect you. Now, the light side of that is if you do that well and you do that with correct sort of containment and with proper psychic hygiene and with the proper intent, you can do actual positive healing shamanic work, which is literally change your destiny, rebuild your body. You can do miracles. You can do amazing stuff inside yourself. And you can also just have a very amazing explorative time of understanding the nature of yourself, which harkens back to all that random shit that I said before about the big context of all that you are and all the moving parts. So doing it inside of that kind of container creates like a positive opportunity. So you need to find somebody who is a qualified teacher and that's not even easy, but to look for somebody. And yet again, sometimes you go to the biggest centers, the coolest places. Oh, this place is cool. It's got a lot of positive reviews on Google fucking reviews or whatever. Sometimes they're the worst. Sometimes that's where you end up with your strongest sorcerers because the other side of the game is you have people who are saying they're practitioners of these things. They've got the qualifications and the calling cards, but they like ha hanging out with the heavies. They like hanging out with the deep diving fucking dark shit. And uh, they can become, that's where power is. And that's what they can become, let's say, possessive of your soul. They could become possessive of your, your sense of self. Uh, so, and they can control you in certain ways. You don't understand the nature of this reality. It's right here with us, but if we, and we're often unconscious of it, but it's, it's, it's a kind of a reality of, of, of an overlay. So the point is when you activate this kind of interdimensional nature, then you want to make sure that you're protected and you know what you're doing and you have allies. That's really, really important because if you don't, then you're running a very big risk of causing yourself harm or causing yourself conflict. And the, the probably, you know, you might come out of it with just a bit of confusion and feel a bit fuzzed up and weird, you might come out of it with schizophrenia. You know, you might come out of it with something that actually 
starts a trail of of chaos inside of your life that you don't understand because you've disharmonized your relationship with the cosmic order of where you are and you've attracted something to yourself which is actually going to ride you in some kind of weird way. Now that's the world of shamanism. I know that's completely outside of the context of most people's modern understanding and most people sit on their high horse going, that's just bullshit in your head, it's just imagination because we're all just like scientifically analyze this shit and we understand what it is because we know mathematics. Cool. But that's just one frame. That's just the little human world that we look outside our little look at it through our little binoculars at the big world and think that the binoculars are reality. It's not. So there's a larger context of, of shamanic actual reality that's taking place. Now, if you're one of the few and powerful heroic individuals who wants to step on the path of really owning that and really going through that process, either because you want to become one of those practitioners or because you want to go through the ordeal of evolving yourself in that process, then um, you know, it takes a certain level of sacrifice and surrender and discipline and, and, and finding your way through that, that harsh reality. So the thing I guess I'd be aware of is, is that, like, that, that we have a context of harsh predatory reality, which is the jungle. You have practitioners who evolve themselves in that. Some are on the, let's say, the Jedi side of like they're going to heal and promote life and going to support the goodness of the, of the, the patterns of, of support. And some of them are on the power side, which is more the Sith side of exploring the power. And some are in between. I mean, you can have these kind of sorcerers that are not necessarily good or bad. They have, you know, one room in their house is dedicated to like crystals and light and angels and love. And they want to like heal everybody. It's all about making everybody love each other and connect and support everything. So your new baby's going to be healthy and happy and everything's going to be blessed. And the other room in the house is full of fucking scorpions and snakes and skulls and death and, and, and destruction. And it's about fucking up your ex because, you know, they fucking stole something from you or killing the guy who fucking, you know, fucked your sister sideways and caused some problems or whatever. So you, you want to like have a, you know, the, the sorcerer is the, is, the, is the agent in between the two worlds riding this kind of balance. Um, now, the reason I'm sort of saying this, I know it's very weird, but it's like, it's because that is, this is the actual context of that world. That is the actual reality of where those substances come from and those practitioners. So if you wander in there like some just little baby, like kindergarten child, who's just kind of like, I want my existential crisis to be fixed, thank you, daddy. <laughs> then the, uh, the, the shaman dudes don't give a shit about your existential crisis. They don't even care about psychology. They're hanging out in extra dimensional realms of power and celestial wonder. So human psychology is a very small thing and they might have mastery over some of them, not to say they don't have skills and abilities and insights. And there are definitely practitioners that, are very good at being able to frame and support and work with the mind and to help Westerners to do that. But yet again, they're usually, yet again, uh, masters or teachers, facilitators that have spent time with Westerners. They understand the Western context. They understand that we come from a justice-based context. We, we come from a, like a, uh, a context where we believe that the world is, is based on a kind of righteous hierarchy of sorts because we're still sort of floating on uh, the remnants of a... Uh, a religious dogmatic system of, of, of law. And I mean, our actual law systems and even current politics and stuff are still built on this Vatican canon kind of law and stuff. It's all embedded into the nature of how we look at the world from the Western perspective. So the point is you've got this clash of cultures. You have a predatory power-based culture that has some good guys and not so good guys. And then you have this kind of, you know, this, this naive like justice and righteousness kind of like uh, culture that steps straight into that. When the, and keep in mind, because once upon a time, I mean, European culture used to have very, very, it probably still does if you want to find them. European culture has to, used to have very deep roots of shamanic practice and very, very strong understandings of, of its, its place in the mystical order of the cosmos or whatever. 
but it's been smashed because of witch hunts and because of repression and because of political takeovers and because of hijacking and because of wars and because of cultural appropriation and because of like colonialism. There's just been this decimation and fragmentation of, of that as a complete school. So there's just like fragmented parts now and it's very hard to find the real teachers and currents that can make sense of a lot of that. But my point is, is that like as Europeans, as, as people that are coming from, let's say, the more like modern context of life, then we're coming in with a broken with a broken worldview, with an inadequate set of tools. We really are just very like young in our path of understanding because we've sort of had a lot of this stuff taken away from us or lost. So it's really important that you you find somebody that you can trust. You find somebody that comes with great like qualifications and backup and somebody who's been in the game for a long time, somebody who ideally speaks your language, who can create some kind of like supportive context for you to go through this ordeal. Because otherwise you're just going to get chucked in the washing machine, see some weird shit come out and go like, yeah, that was fucking weird. Hey, whoa, cool. And then there's no, there's no evolution. There's no healing. There's no integration. Um, you just basically, you know, turned on the shamanic video game for a second and then turned it off. Like it's, it's doesn't really actually serve the purpose. Um, so yet again, look at what's the larger thing that you're really trying to do. Try to understand some of the cultural context of where, where you're, where you're uh, coming from and also where you're going and enter with, you know, with strong, uh, like awareness and, and also the ability to have distinction inside yourself, to be aware of like, of who you are in this process. And it can be tricky because, you know, one person sees a teacher as this amazing, holy, you know, amazing person. Uh, and, and maybe he is in some dimension, but at the same time, then he's off like touching girls behind the bloody ceremony in some way or raping girls or sending fucking weird wriggly demons into people to like feed something inside of himself that he's cultivated a relationship with. And that's a very, like, that's a very messy thing for people to get involved with. People don't understand that's happening. And that technically that's actually happening all the time in our culture. But when we go into the shamanic space and when we go into the psychedelic space, we amplify the shit out of that. It just becomes whatever the tendencies becomes even stronger. Um, so we get to experience this kind of turned up version of this, these subtle kinds of forces in there. So another thing I'll quickly say is learn to become a practitioner of healthy psychic hygiene. Learn to become somebody who knows how to ground yourself, knows how to center yourself, knows how to have strong vital energy, knows how to find your feet when you need it. Uh, and in many ways to learn how to stand up with integrity. And, and, and when you fall down to stand up again, to keep standing and to keep standing and to keep standing. And that's the game. You're gonna stand and you're gonna get knocked down. You're gonna you're gonna stand up and you're gonna get eaten and then you're gonna to have to rebuild yourself and then it's gonna happen over and over again. But ideally you do that in a way where there's there's support. There is like, there's protection. There is um, a kind of divinity to that process. It sounds very bizarre, but there is a kind of a holy kind of transmutation because in some sense it is the liberation and the release of all this stuck identification, all this heavy attachment that's become so embedded in our nature. Um, because in some sense, you know, we're seeking to liberate our true nature. And in, one, in some ways that's like this being of light, this, this multidimensional expanded being of light, which you can see manifest in Tibetan Buddhism. The, the highest masters of Tibetan Tantric Buddhism literally become rainbow-bodied masters. They, they dematerialize into light. They can make themselves invisible in photos. They have all kinds of different skills and powers. It's a thing. It's a scientifically verified thing. They've been doing it for thousands of years. It's a highly regarded and highly refined yogic science, you know, and they're navigating the same territory. It's the same thing. It's just a different, a different, um, a different school. It's a different approach. But still the point is to just get a handle on some of those things as best as you can. Um, another thing I'd say just quickly, I know I'm ranting, is that if you want to become initiated, then prepare yourself to be initiated. 
do it with sincerity, protect yourself, ground yourself, start to really like push yourself in a way where you can, you can like go into this very difficult thing from a higher, con from a higher context. And it's like, like it just something just popped into my mind that might be a useful metaphor, but like imagine the movie Gladiator, right? It's just a cheesy, you know, Russell, what's his name? Like, Good old Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe movie. But there's some, something in it in the spirit of that. It has a great metaphorical kind of representation of the fact that like, you know, he's this guy who's a man of power and he's on a mission and on a journey to do what he's there. He's actually trying to serve what he believes to be his truth and his higher purpose. And through a whole bunch of, you know, things that are basically outside of his control, but at the same time, things that in some ways he was built for, he gets kind of pushed into this really adverse warrior journey, this kind of difficult reality where he has to fight for his place in the world. And you can kind of see that. I mean, in some ways you could say it's the warrior spirit. It's the, it's the all encompassing holiness. It's the sense that he's kind of got this higher like mission and unification of something that's going on inside of the whole thing that's happening that allows him to kind of like honorably be dismembered to honorably be like dragged through his own like hell and, and torn to pieces as he discovers his true nature. And in some sense, that's when you fucking earn it. That's when you deserve it. It's like, well done warrior. You know, you know yourself, you, 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 uh, you paid the price and the price was yourself. And in that you get to learn who you truly are. So this, it's like sort of cultivating this heart and it doesn't have to be that, like that's a very masculine representation. It can be very soft too, but it could still has to be the same thing. Like, it, it's like treating the path and the approach of, of self-initiation and initiation into your true nature as a very sincere and very real and very important thing. And if you pay attention also, sometimes the best times to do that is when life is kicking you in the face. Like when life is really stomping on you and everything's being pulled out from underneath you and all the castles collapsing around you because your ego is falling apart. It's great. You get to experience yourself as the vulnerable naked soul that you are. And you get to like say like, holy shit, like I need to fucking work this out and please help me. I'm going to like, I need strength. I'm going to make it happen. Like this kind of will and sincerity comes from a deep root of, of, uh, of, of heartfelt desire for connection and reunification and healing. Um, and that's where it needs to come from. You, know, you can also start from a power edge. You can go in with a thing of like, I want to fucking shoot fucking Thunderbolts out my cock and fucking, you know, want to control women's minds so I can get what I want and have lots of fucking money. And like, you can do that too. Like, and that will be a start. At some point, if you're lucky, the power will actually introduce you to the real warrior journey. Like, so power can actually be an introduction into the same thing. And that's oftentimes why black magic can be such a gift. Cause it's like, come little boy, come and get the power. And then you step in the, you know, you step in the darkness and you, and then the darkness can say, cool, now you get to learn some real shit because you know, this power shit is just only going to get you so far. Like if you want to, you know, walk around fucking punching people in the face or whatever, or having this just more little game of, of high school, um, maybe it's a better way to look at it. It's like, you know, oftentimes you know, a lot of these dark realms are really high school. They're just like a domain where everybody's like being jealous and throwing shitty energies at each other and fighting over stupid things. And it's like, you know, bullshit gangland sort of stuff. Um, so it's a lower level of that. And at some point you transcend it. You're like, fuck that shit. Why do I even want to do this? This is boring. It's exhausting. Like, this is not my nature. This is not fulfilling. This is not helping me. This is not really my soul's true destiny. This is just wasting my time. and just being futilely fucking spewing my energy out into shit that doesn't help me. So... That's another kind of approach. And yet again, at that point at which you get sort of broken in that process of seeking power and realizing the power is just, you know, an empty thing in itself, if you're, that's all you're doing it for, then uh, maybe you'll wake up. Maybe you'll be like, I need to, I need a higher purpose. I need a higher meaning. I need to find some truth in this. I need to find my awareness. I need to find my true nature. I need to awaken to myself. So I guess, you know, 
oh, that's a lot to say, but I'll just quickly say it's all about in, like bringing that into a sincere intent to want to grow and learn and, and to, to be your true self. So the best way to approach medicine is always from a really vulnerable, humble, sincere place of readiness to learn, standing in your power, yet at the same time being willing to be vulnerable in the process of, 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 the, of relating to it. And then I think in terms of teachers, then it's about finding, um, you know, if you cultivate that power inside yourself, you will synchronistically find your match. Okay, so that's another thing to consider as well. As you become more aligned to your own inner nature and you start like firing up your own desire and intent to, to, to kick ass, then you'll start to find the people that reflect those parts of you. Your heroic nature will start to pull in other heroes. Your, your curious student soul will bring in a master to kind of help to unify. So it's like, because you reach something reaches back. So, you know, you can do things to assist the process, like maybe like praying, not to necessarily Jesus, but to higher beings, which is your own nature anyway, to be guided and to be, to be taken to where you need to be, to make sure that you have the right lessons, to be on the right path. You know, you can do your research, be critical, you know, be, be skeptical, like pull things apart, ask questions, you know, like talk to people who've done stuff, learn the pitfalls, you know, you know, understand some of the darknesses and, and, and some of the, the, uh, the challenges that can happen along the way. And, you know, also remember why you're there, you know, the gladiator, right? You're there to become like the fucking, the warrior that you are, which is really like this total holy being, this like sun, like nature of like light and power and integrity. And it, it's an incredibly refined process and it takes, it's it, when you really enter it and you experience it, it's, it's, you know, it's like experiencing, and I'm sure some of you guys have, it's like you get to experience the beautiful clockwork, like miracle of reality dancing as you, as you know yourself as, as, you know, part of, you know, this perfection that's, that's, that's unwinding and, and revealing itself. So I don't know if that helps, but yeah, there's, there's, an, yeah, I think just dig deep, do your research and, find maybe look for people that are specialists in being of integrity you know so look what i mean by that is like there are and it's difficult to find them sometimes but there are people out there in this world in the shamanic world and in the amazonian shamanic world that are dedicated to fucking up and hunting down those dark sorcerers because they're going they're breaking ranks those motherfuckers are breaking ranks uh and they can't like higher authorities and the higher teachers and the grand masters, like the dudes who are like what they call the Banco shamans, the guys who hold the whole, like they don't just hold like, you know, half a dozen songs about a few spirits. They know like multi-dimensional layers of like hundreds and hundreds of layers of each of the plants and how it all works because their consciousness has become some giant plant database. Uh, and they plugged into that domain of the, the plant world, which is also a key to the microcosm of the cosmic world. So it's a weird sort of thing. It's very complex, but nonetheless, these guys, the bankos, it's their job to hold everything in place. And they know, and they, they, they know what's going on. They know there's dirty shit going on. They know there's like dark forces in between the cracks and people playing games and people trying to like put power over each other. And uh, in some ways they correct it. And it's very hard to get access to those guys because, you know, they're not, they're not public figures. You know, they're not, they're, they're, they're usually 60, 70, 80 year old men, you know, who are hanging out in the jungle and they hang out with other dudes who are doing the business, but you know, they're, they're not going to be teaching, you know, fucking Westerners how to drink ayahuasca and whatever. Uh, not usually anyway, it's very rare. But you might get one of their students. You might get one of the Drake lineage of one of those guys. So you're trying to find like people who, who go back to a real source of integrity. And, um, and this goes for all lineages, by the way. This goes for Tantra. This goes for martial arts. This goes for like, you know, Western esoteric traditions. You know, any tradition, you should have the same kind of approach. 
um, because it will save you a lot of time and energy and uh, it will help you to, to make the right choice if you, if you do. Anyway, that's enough. You know, the process of evolution and realization is a constant thing. And of course, I mean, the, the universe is non-simultaneously comprehended. So what that means is you can't understand everything at once. You can only understand threads and cut-ups and remixes of things that are showing themselves to you. But you will kind of get certain principles and lessons on a reoccurring basis. And in some ways, I think that's about, you know, it's not always easy and sometimes it can be really hard when you first start, but it's like, it's about, um, you know, how can you become a better tracker of your experience? How can you start to make it important to remember? How can you make it important to, to integrate the things into yourself on a consistent basis? And it, I mean, we are a data bank too. I mean, you are like a, a computer with a certain amount of like focus and RAM. So you can't learn everything at once and be a master of everything all at once. You go through phases of highs and lows and expansion and contraction, but there are parts of you that will have certain access to things. And I think maybe you also look at it like it's a, it's a multi-tiered kind of experience. So you might, like for example, we've just had a very high frequency experience with a lot of like lessons and learnings packed into a week. So what that creates is like, I know that for me, that when I enter into this space, like especially after the work that we've done, I'm connecting with and relating with all the previous selves that I've connected with and created over the previous 10 years in similar scenarios because I'm booting up that frequency and that sort of mind frame. So when I get myself into a, let's say a peak state that allows my mind to, uh, to, to put it all together, then uh, it can. So I want you to, uh, to think about it in terms of there's, there's multiple dimensions of, of, of neurological vibration or knowing that you have. And, 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 you, and you probably, um, I have experienced enough to know it's true. Like, you know, when you get into an embodiment system, like you might be practicing something for a period of time and you start to build up a kind of momentum and a kind of power and a kind of like, like strength and authority and ability because of that. Uh, if you leave that system for a while, then it's going to start to go back to sleep. Same with approaching, same with, you know, connecting, same with any of these natures inside of ourselves. It's like what we work with and what we practice, we get to know. But I would say, you know, just to quickly finish that is just become really good at tracking your experience. It's not always easy because we resist it. You know, we resist paying attention. We resist tracking. We resist putting all the pieces together because parts of us are just lazy and don't want to be conscious and don't want to do the work. Uh, but you know, again, that's where we need to train ourselves and find a big enough reason, find a big enough why, and find systems that help us that are kind of helping us flow and go with it and work that can that can um, that can make it easy. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a good thing. And I'll just finish one last thing because like a couple of guys are asking like psychedelic kind of druggy questions. Um, uh, I get this quite a lot actually. People seem to just want to play around with psychedelics. I mean, okay, if you want to take some mushrooms and see what happens, sure. I would really be very aware of doing things like taking LSD and edibles and then, you know, banging your girlfriend on mushrooms whilst you're doing something like, just be aware that like, that I mean, we've done, we've all done that I've once done or twice. These, yeah. I've done these things. I smoked DMT and had sex with my wife while we both smoked a pipe of it while, while she was on top of me. And immediately I was like, this was not a good idea because she blew into like Medusa. She had like hundreds of eyes and, and her hair was all tentacles. And then we we're out on this like endless desert plane. And then the concept of my me inside her was a very odd thing. And yeah. But I mean, yeah, had to find out. Yeah. Well, once again, be aware that, you know, you're, you're, you're playing with, uh, you know, you're playing with things you don't understand. And I guess the thing to be aware of just on a really basic level is like, you're putting chemicals into your brain, which change the perceptual filters of what you're able to experience. And because the way in which your actual like structure of psyche and, and, and neurology is set up is it's designed to preserve and protect you against the infinite array of random shit that you don't actually need to be aware of. So when you start um, having a chemical based psychedelic like LSD or I don't know, a lot of chemical based drugs, they have a very 
adverse effect on your neurology because they force you to sort of step into a different range of consciousness that you might not necessarily be ready for. Now that does differ from some of these more plant medicine experiences, which doesn't necessarily mean that you just go out and chug ayahuasca or eat mushrooms every second day because it's made in nature, bro, so whatever, because that that'll that can still send you crazy. So you have to be aware that there's a, you know, there's a, you know, a kind of a process of, of, of understanding where you're at and what you're ready for, um, because having these psychedelic experiences that you're unprepared for is just either going to be really weird and fucking awkward and then leave you with an integration issue, uh, or maybe you are ready. Maybe you've done plenty of work and you'll have this revelatory experience. Um, but just be really like aware because you are a very sensitive creature. Okay. And when you're young, you think you can get away with anything and you can do anything to yourself, but you know, you don't want to cause yourself ongoing mental harm. You don't want to cause yourself depression. You don't want to cause like rifts in your own nature of being that can like take, and I've had that too, man. I definitely have had that in this journey, man. I've had fragmentations happen in my experience that could have taken me a decade to, to fix. And some of these can't be fixed. Some people walk around with these big gaping you know, mental wounds that they have to deal with for the rest of their life. Like I, I, we had a teacher once when we were studying uh, Chinese medicine, this beautiful guy named Keith Foley, remember? Yeah. He was, a, he was an amazing acupuncture dude, Western guy. What happened to Keith? Uh, not, nothing happened to him, but he, yeah. he, he took a lot of fucking LSD when he was young. But his problem is, despite the fact that he's a very evolved, very beautiful, very big hearted, really cool guy, he just walked around in anxiety constantly because he fucked his brain. He fucked his relationship with his emotions. He messed himself up with his subtle bodies because of the, the way in which he abused those chemicals and didn't understand the nature of what he was doing. Now he's kind of done his best to, 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 to fix that. And I'm sure he's managing himself pretty well, but like, you know, you just want to be aware that these things need to be tended to in a very like aware way. If you want to take LSD at a party or whatever, sure, do whatever you want to do. It's your life. Just be very aware of like mixing stuff up because, you know, and especially when you don't know what you're doing because you, you can cause yourself a lot of problems. So, yeah, yeah, and we all know people who've well, actually died on psychedelics or scratched their eyes out, um, you yeah, know, went mad forever. So, and they were, the situations we know of, it was one, that was acid, wasn't it, with your buddy? Mushrooms. Mushrooms. Yeah. Mushrooms, acids, yeah, stuff done young when you're – not supervised and someone can run off and jump off something because they think they can fly that's that happens too jeez we're, we're, we're definitely like um going nancy reagan on you guys now aren't we just say no they'll just just say no we've just come out of ayahuasca we're like now guys you gotta be really careful with drugs but you do you do thank you shay cool shit Thanks so much for listening to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The Natural TV. See you on the next episode.